This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Together, we're learning how to make marriage and love better. Whether you're married or not, learn how you can find your soulmate. To follow along with today's notes, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash soulmate. The search for your soulmate is promoted everywhere today. Dating websites promise to find them through compatibility tests. The premise of many fairy tales today is to find your one true love. Young people today, they sit around and they dream about finding their soulmate. It seems to be the ambition of people. So we come up with this list of what we think a soulmate should be in our mind. And we start to daydream about what that person is going to be like. I remember as a teenager, I think about what it would be like to be married and who am I going to marry? And in your mind, you start to conjure up this image of this person. Maybe you even have a list. Maybe you would like a brunette, you think, or green eyes or whatever. You conjure up this image of what your perfect soulmate would be. They're promoting this idea of finding, helping you find your soulmate. So then we have this romantic notion today that there's just this one out out there for you and destiny will lead you to that one. It's kind of like the stars have to align and the universe brings you together. It sounds like a great romantic idea, but it's really just a myth that's been promoted today. And we'll learn about that myth today. Here's a little table of contents. How to find your soulmate. Number one, stop looking for your soulmate. Number two, look for someone you can build a lifetime relationship with. Number three, find your soulmate and the spouse you already have. So number one, stop looking for your soulmate. The problem with the soulmate myth is the fantasy part of it. There's actually no one that fits this image, this ideal soulmate that you have in your mind. Everybody has flaws, including you. The soulmate ideal that you kind of have in your mind or that you've thought of is really not reality. So let's just do the math. If there is only one person in the world for you, and I'm speaking in terms of just the soulmate myth, and I realize there's faith involved And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. If there's only one person for you, you have a 1 in 10,000 chance of finding them. That's a 0.01% chance. Still, according to a 2011 Marist poll, nearly three out of four people believe they will find their soulmate in their lifetime. So you come up with this perfect person in your mind, and then you just wait on destiny to put you together. Well, according to National Geographic, and I believe my numbers are right on this, I looked it up, there is a 1 in 3,000 chance of you being struck by lightning in your lifetime. So if I'm thinking about this right, there's more of a chance of you being struck three separate times by lightning in your lifetime than to find your soulmate. Wow, the math just doesn't work. So to do the math, the myth doesn't work. The soulmate myth leads you to the trick-or-treat dating method that's used by a lot of people today. It's getting close to Halloween here, and 
This is when kids wear these costumes. They go door to door through neighborhoods and they knock on the door. And when someone comes to answer the door, they say, trick or treat. And the person inside gives them a piece of candy. And when I was little, this was really big. I actually may have done this a couple of times. A couple of times when I was little, you know, we dressed up and went around to the neighborhood and just asked for candy. I would never let my kids do that today. That is absolutely crazy. You read these things on the news. You hear about these things happening. There's no telling what could be laced in that candy. I mean, people are absolutely out of their mind today. Even my neighbors, which seem like pretty good people, I would not send my kids over there and just randomly ask for candy. There's no telling what they would end up, what kind of disease they would end up having. or There's no telling what, what could happen. It's not something that seems very safe to do, but when I was little, that was a big deal. I mean, you saw kids everywhere at Halloween going around trying to go to strangers' house to get candy. We call it trick-or-treating. But that's how a lot of people handle dating or courting or how whatever term you want to use is getting to, to know a potential lifetime mate. That's the way it's handled today. It's handled a lot like Halloween. It's like this. You put on a costume and they have on a costume and you go to a complete stranger and ask them to give you candy. Give you something that they that you really like. So you don't show them the real you, and they don't show you the real them. But really all you want is some of that fantasy candy. So then you meet someone, and you're wearing a mask, and they're wearing a mask, and they start feeding you some of this fantasy idea of a soulmate that you've had in your mind. So let's go back to your checklist. Remember, you had a all these things that fulfills your soulmate idea. Well, here's someone who starts checking off the list. Here's someone who starts the match, that fantasy of a soulmate that you have. And so the more you talk to this person, the more you realize, hey, wait a minute. They're checking off some of my soulmate ideals. They're starting to match this fantasy of a soulmate that you have. But the truth is, Once you get to know someone, after that infatuation kind of wears off, it's like the costumes come off and the candy gets stale, right? You start to realize, hey, wait a minute, this person has problems. This person maybe is not my soulmate after all. And they have some serious issues. And by the way, I have some serious issues too. And this whole soulmate thing is really starting to become a problem. You find out that person wasn't your soulmate at all. And a lot of times... When you first meet someone and you become infatuated, you kind of try to force that person into your soulmate ideal image. It's like you have that image in your mind and you're trying to force that person into that soulmate role. doesn't always work that way. You'll find out when the infatuation wears out, wears off, that there are some things on your checklist for your soulmate that that person definitely didn't check out. This is called confirmation bias. Something that happens to a lot of people is when wishful thinking causes you to see only the positive qualities of someone and not the negative ones. It's kind of like conducting a science experiment when you've already drawn a conclusion. How crazy would it be to say you're going to do a science experiment And already know what you want the results to be. And so therefore you try to force 
things to be the way you want them to be. That's what trick-or-treat dating is. And that's why you should stay away from it. Real love doesn't work like a fairy tale. I think a lot of people have gotten this idea that the end of love and dating is the marriage ceremony. I mean, that's kind of like the goal they're working toward is just to be married. It's kind of like the Disney movie. I think it's Snow White and Prince Charming. They finally meet and they fall in love. And at the end of the movie, they get married. And what happens? On the screen comes up the words, happily ever after. And then the end credits for the movie roll. It's like we think in dating and love and relationships, the end result is to get married. I mean, that's the goal is to be married and have this beautiful ceremony. The truth is love was created by God to be fulfilled through a lifetime commitment. So the marriage ceremony is just the beginning of a lifetime of love and faith and commitment together. So you have to look past the soulmate myth. You have to look past the fantasy part and develop a real relationship with one another. I have personally known people who have gotten trapped up in this soulmate myth idea. They find someone who they're just convinced is the right one for them. But then things don't work out. And now, like, since they miss, like, the one, their whole life is off track. When you look at love as destiny, instead of being led by the Lord or decision that you make, you cause yourself all sorts of problems. If they were the one and you missed it, what kind of timeline are you on now? They were that one person out of 6.8 billion and they decided that you were not their soulmate. Now that that person has left your life, now that things aren't the way that you thought they would be, now your whole life is kind of in a tailspin. I mean, now what am I going to do? What's happened? The one for me, my one soulmate has left or my one soulmate didn't work out. Here's the way love and marriage should work for a Christian. You allow God to lead you in each step that you take every day. So the will of God is something you do every day. The will of God is right in front of you. The will of God is not a destination. It's a choice you make every day to live in his will. Now you can choose to get out of his will, but you can find your way back again. And when you do, he'll be, he'll be waiting for you. The choices that you make every day determine how you're going to live your life. And you can choose whether or not you allow God to lead you in those choices that you make. Marriage is the same way. You make the choice whether or not you allow God to lead you into finding a mate. And if you don't allow God to lead you into finding a mate, then you have to live with the consequences of your decisions. But if you choose to allow him to lead you, he will lead you to the person he wants you to spend your life with. The bottom line is marriage is a choice and not a destiny. I mean, this goes diametrically opposed to a lot of what we're taught today. Marriage is not destiny. Marriage is a choice. It's even promoted today by a lot of preachers and and in Christian churches. The idea of finding that one, that soulmate, that destiny is somehow going to lead you to that one person. 
But no, you allow God to lead you. Marriage is a choice. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 37 in verse 3. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Yes, God has a will for your life, but you find that by following him every day. And even when you mess up, you can still get back on track because the will of God is something you do every day. You walk in his will. You live in his will. It's based on the choices that you make every day. So number one, how to find your soulmate. Stop looking for your soulmate. And number two, look for someone you can build a lifetime relationship with. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33, the Bible gives us this perfect picture of marriage. I refer to it quite often because it's sort of like the instruction manual for marriage. I mean, it tells you how to live within the marriage covenant. And that reveals a lot to us about marriage. Marriage is really not about the covenant or the ceremony itself. It's not so much about the time that you give your heart to one another. Marriage is about living a lifetime together. It's about the relationship that you have inside of that covenant. So if you want to have a good relationship, the Bible is teaching us that you have to build that relationship with each other over time. Although that time when you meet the Lord is important, the Christian life is really about what you do with your relationship with God after that. I was saved at 17 years old. I put my faith in Jesus when I was 17. I had grown up in church, but I had a head knowledge. It sounds cliche, but I had a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. But when I got that heart knowledge and I made that decision for myself to put my faith in the Lord, he completely changed my life. But you know what I discovered? It was an amazing thing that I had an actual relationship with him i could talk to him the bible calls it fellowship the epistle of first john fellowship with him you can talk with him and that's what the christian life is really about although it was great when i go back and remember the time when i put my faith in jesus and thank goodness i have that time but what really brings joy in my christian life is building my relationship with him and over the years As I've grown closer to him, as I've had a long time with him, even though at times my relationship with him was rocky, that was my fault, by the way. Even at those times, things were not always what they should be. My relationship with him was growing and thriving. Over the years, I've even come to love him more. Marriage is the same way. You build and grow your relationship inside that covenant, and you build that relationship with one another. That's how you have a great marriage. That's how you find your soulmate. You build that soulmate relationship inside the covenant of marriage. You build a soulmate connection, not stumble into it. Listen to this. Love is like playing with Legos. I don't know if you've ever played with Legos or if you even know what they are. They're these blocks and they lock together and you can build things and my daughters over the years we have bought them lego sets and sometimes we go to the kitchen table and we pull out our lego set boxes and we just build things what you do is you take the lego box and you set it up 
and it comes with instructions and you follow those instructions and that picture that's on the box, if you follow those instructions, you will have something that matches that picture on the box. You can make all sorts of things with Legos. I mean, just crazy. If you don't follow the instructions, you get all kind of crazy things you come up with. I mean, I've built things that just, man, it has wheels on it, but it looks nothing like a car because I didn't follow the instructions. Marriage is a lot like playing with those Legos. You take your love relationship and you build on the pieces, the things that happen in your life and the things that you have together and you build on those things. I remember when I first met my wife, it it really wasn't all that monumental of an event. But in my mind, I remember that moment when we first spoke. I remember that moment when we first sat down and had a meal together. Our love relationship just built over time. That time that we spent together was like a little block and we put it down. And the next time we spoke, it was like another block and we build this relationship over time. And all you have to do is follow the instructions, right? The Bible is our instruction manual. It's like step-by-step instructions on how you're supposed to be married how you're supposed to have a great marriage, how you're supposed to find your soulmate. And you start to build, and over a lifetime together, you build together, and you look back at the picture, and you can see if you've done things right, if you follow the instructions, you're building something that God intended. It's like you're starting to match the picture on the box. And the picture in Ephesians chapter 5 is really a picture of, of the gospel is how a believing sinner comes to faith in Christ and how Christ treats that believing sinner. The Bible says it's a mystery concerning Christ and the church. The relationship inside the covenant that Jesus made with his people. Marriage is just like that. You build that relationship together and in the process of building your love relationship Your marriage starts to look like the picture on the box. And you paint this beautiful picture that the world and those around you see. They see the picture of the gospel in the marriage that you have. In your love relationship with one another, people start to see the gospel story. And guess what? Over time, you become soulmates in marriage. That's how love's supposed to work. Eventually, Those pieces start to build together and you paint this picture of the gospel in your life. It's God's pattern for love. It's not destiny. It's you working and building a lifetime relationship with one another. It's you becoming each other's soulmate. Find and become a soulmate in the making. According to scientific research led by author John Gottman, and I'm sure I've talked about him before, he's the founder and director of the Relationship Research Institute in Seattle. This is what his conclusions draw. This is the conclusion that he drew. Couples who focus on building something together that has meaning are the most likely to stay together. But you really don't have to have a scientific study to show what the Bible is showing us about marriage that building a lifetime love relationship together is how you become soulmates. 
you work at your marriage. That's right. That's the, that, that's the word that we don't want to hear. You have to work at your relationship with one another. And if you keep working, the more you work on that relationship, the better it will be. It doesn't just magically happen. You don't have a great marriage magically. It's not like the fairy tale. You work at that building a love relationship together and God gives you something great. You don't stay together because of compatibility. It's the modern day myth that kind of follows the soulmate myth. Why, if there's a soulmate for you, if there's one soulmate for you out there, then it stands to reason that there are certain compatibility things that you can find to help you discover that person. When you think about it, it's really a, whoever thought of that is really a marketing genius. I mean, they can sell you the compatibility test or they can charge you a fee to be on this website to find your one compatible, true soulmate. But it's a myth, even though I get what they're saying, I do understand it. But it's a myth that's propagated today. There's some problems with this theory that they have about compatibility. Here's the biggest one. You change over time. I am not the same person I was when I first met my wife. I'm not the same person I was when we said our vows. My wife is not the same person she was because things happen in life and it changes us. Things happen that change the way we think and our attitude and even our personality. It changes over time. That's the one thing that's constant about life. It's full of changes. And time changes us. So even if you take the compatibility test and you find that one true soulmate, you know, a few years down the road, those things that made you so compatible or whatever, they could change because people change. Time changes. Circumstances change. Things that happen to us change us. So it's not compatibility that keeps you together for years. It's not compatibility that keeps you together for a lifetime. Listen to this. It's love, commitment, and faith that keep you together for a lifetime of love. It's not chance or compatibility. Here's another thing that's wrong with that is that men and women are completely different. And those differences are what draw us together. In fact, many times people find someone completely different than them to marry. It's that case with my wife and me. I met her. She has a complete opposite personality from me. I am a total introvert. My idea of excitement is taking a different way home from work. Oh man, I turned left instead of right. And now I found a shortcut and I'm excited about this. I'm an introvert and she's totally different than me. She's outgoing. She's got this great personality. She's a people person. I'm not. But a lot of times we find someone who's the opposite of us because we find those things attractive in another person. The things that are different are what draw us together. But what matters is not that you're the same. What matters is that you build a lifetime of love, faith, and commitment together. So you don't choose to marry someone because you're compatible. And guess what? You don't choose to leave your spouse because you're no longer compatible. 
No, you work at your relationship. You work together to build a love relationship. So in order to find your soulmate, we said, first of all, stop looking for your soulmate. Then we said, look for someone you can build a lifetime relationship with. Finally, number three, find a soulmate in the spouse you already have. Several years ago, the governor of South Carolina, my state, whom I was a, actually a big fan of, I voted for him. I really followed his political career. But he made national headlines because he was missing. I was concerned at first, then relieved when the story broke that he was hiking the Appalachian Trail. If you don't know what that is, it's a very long hiking trail, and it runs through the state of South Carolina. People take this trail, I think they're on it for weeks. You have packages sent to mail to post offices along the way. It's like an adventure to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so I was relieved that he was on the Appalachian Trail, but a little concerned because he's our governor. What's he doing on the Appalachian Trail without the right people knowing about it? As it turns out, he made a detour from the Appalachian Trail and went all the way to Argentina. And there he had a mistress, and that's really what was going on. But I never will forget, I don't know if I was watching the news or reading the news, but I know he said something to this effect. He said, she's my soulmate. Despite the fact that this guy had a beautiful wife and two boys at home, He said, I found my soulmate in Argentina. No, he didn't find his soulmate. And I'm sure it didn't end well for him. I stopped following him after that. He lost me there. But he had a soulmate at home. You see, when you get married and you make this covenant with each other, you agree to become each other's soulmate. Learn to live in the present. It's absolutely crazy that you can miss out on the potential that's right in front of you over some crazy fantasy that's not even real. But people do it every day. They leave the person that they made a covenant with God to become soulmates with for someone else who they think is their real soulmate. I guess sometimes it seems easier. You know, like I said, that word that's so hard for us to understand, that's so hard for us to accept, the word work. I guess sometimes it seems easier to just start over than to work on your relationship together. But that's what you have to do to have a good marriage. You have to work. You have to put forth the effort to have a great relationship with one another. But you have to live in the present. And when you have this fantasy of a soulmate, your mind starts racing toward this fantasy and you leave the present that you're in. But you have to stay in the present where you're at right now. The relationship that God has given you right in front of you. That's what you need to focus on. Learn to focus on your spouse instead of some fantasy future that's not even real. If you can just work together, you can experience something amazing. Put down your phone. Turn off the TV. Put the book down. Focus on your spouse. Focus on your relationship. Be present. Be in the moment with your spouse. Build that relationship with one another together. And so I'm going to say it again. It's not destiny. It's walking a life of faith together. 
That's really what it's all about with Christian marriage. Walking a life of faith together. You and your spouse becoming lovers for life is what real love truly is. And by the way, it's what this world is searching for. Why is it on billboards? Why are there advertisements on the computer? Find your soulmate. Because that's what people are looking for. And you have a soulmate in your marriage. Build that relationship. Become each other's soulmate. And in the process, you can show the world what real love is. And you can also show them the story of the gospel. In summary, how you can find your soulmate? I said stop looking for your soulmate. Number two, look for someone you can build a lifetime relationship with. That's what marriage really is. Building a lifetime relationship. And number three, Find your soulmate in the mate you already have. Find your soulmate. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.